We have only 182 days until Easter. Now, I know you thought I was going to say until Christmas. But I want us to think about Easter. A great holiday. Most of the nations around the world celebrate Easter in some fashion. It has become a a great holiday for us to remember the resurrection of Christ. And we remember the day when he arose from the grave, victorious over sin and death. Life has not been the same since then. Even our calendar has changed to where we date things before Christ and after Christ. He made such an impact upon the world and upon our lives. Think a moment about that day and the things that transpired on that day. A day of resurrection. It began early in the day with an earthquake. An earthquake which moved the stone that they had set over the entrance into the tomb where they had placed his body to seal it. And they did that deliberately, not just to seal up the tomb, but to prevent anyone from getting in and taking his body. They feared the disciples would do that in order to maintain some story about him. Ah, but they didn't have to worry about them stealing his body. God sent an earthquake which moved the stone. Not so much that Christ could get out. He didn't need that. His body had changed so that he could go right through the tomb. But God moved the stone so that we could see it empty and know that he no longer lay in the grave. The women came, the faithful women. It's a shame to us men that it's the women who so frequently display the greatest faith and obedience to God. It was the women who came first. And they came to embalm his body and to put some spices over it. And as they arrived, they saw the stone moved and the tomb empty. They raced away to tell their friends of the good news. The tomb was empty. And they had seen two angels while there. And the angels told them, You came to seek the living among the dead (laughs) he's not here he's risen just like he said he would don't you remember he told you he told you that he would die at the hands of men but fret not because three days later I will rise again just like he said the angels reminded them they went and told their friends who had gathered together the good news Two of them left that group, Peter and John, and they raced to the tomb to see for themselves and returned and confirmed the word that they had seen the empty tomb. Later that day, two people left Jerusalem to go to Emmaus, a small city about seven miles west of Jerusalem as they walked in the cool of the day a stranger joined them they didn't know the stranger nor recognize him 
But the stranger struck up a conversation with them. We read a few moments ago the record of that conversation. I'll take just a moment and and read it again for you. And you can follow along in the copy of the scriptures that you have as I read it. Reminding us of the events and the conversation that transpired as, as they walked together. That very day, the day of resurrection, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body... They came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. These verses we read from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. A description of God 
coming in the person of Christ, walking with man on the road in the midst of their difficulties. This provides for us a beautiful opportunity to see how the truths of God's Word, though written thousands of years ago, fit our day as well. Did you notice the condition of the two men? I say two men. It might have been a man and a woman. We don't know. One of them was a man named Cleopas. As they walked along, traversing from Jerusalem to Emmaus, it says they were sad. That word in the language in which Luke wrote it describes gloom and discouragement as you listen to their conversation you can sense that gloom and that discouragement as they talked for they talked with this stranger who had joined them describing three years as well as the events of the week prior We thought this man Jesus, a mighty prophet in word and deed, had come to redeem Israel. All of Israel for thousands of years looked for that prophet, looked for that Messiah. They thought he had come. They thought they had seen the Messiah. Only to have their thoughts and plans thrown ajar because the authorities took this man whom they worshipped and loved and crucified him as they walked along the road you can just hear the gloom and discouragement in their conversation as they walked perhaps they had even spent time with Christ Maybe they had joined in the crowds of thousands of people who had seen him perform miracles and heard him preach. Perhaps they had joined with the thousands on the hillside as he fed them from five loaves and two small fishes. Perhaps they had heard the story of him walking on the water in the midst of the storm to join his disciples as they traveled across the Sea of Galilee. They knew a considerable amount about Jesus. They also knew a lot about their scriptures. Because they knew to look for a Messiah. One would come. They had some notion as to how to identify this Messiah. Because they used that knowledge to initially identified Jesus and claimed him as the Messiah, the promised one. But sadly, unbelief captured their hearts and minds because they did not believe all that the scriptures said. 
They believed the parts that appealed to them. They trusted the parts that sounded encouraging. They did not believe those truths that they couldn't quite grasp and fully understand. For Jesus had told them numerous times, I will go to Jerusalem. The authorities will try me. They will crucify me. They will condemn me to death. They will crucify me. But three days later, I will rise again. And he told them that many times. But they didn't believe it. They didn't believe the whole message of Christ. Only the parts that appealed to them and sounded favorable and good. Does that describe you? You may know a lot about Christ. In fact, in our nation, we have the great privilege of freedom of worship. And many of us perhaps even started attending church services as young children. And we've heard stories about Jesus. We've read about them even in Bibles that we own. But have you only trusted and believed the parts that appeal to you? That you find nice and comforting? And reject and refuse to believe those things, those hard sayings of the scriptures, those things that we find hard to believe? the full truth of Christ including his death burial and resurrection these two people believed a lot about Jesus they had a lot of knowledge about him but in the most vital and critical areas of life they doubted They rejected the truth of the cross. And Jesus had explained to them his whole whole purpose in coming to earth was the cross. And they accepted only the good things that they liked. But I want you to notice the second thing in these scriptures. Observe, if you will, the grace of God. This passage is filled with examples of the grace of God. Just to recapture briefly what Jesus did. He joined with them. He talked with them. He quizzed them as to the cause of their gloom and discouragement and their sadness. And then it says... He briefly chastised them. Oh, you foolish ones. You don't believe all of the scriptures. And then beginning at Moses, he taught them from all of the scriptures things concerning himself. I want us to see the grace of God that this demonstrates. God provided scriptures for them to read. 
And in those scriptures, he revealed himself. He told them about himself, his plan and purpose for mankind. He described it in his word that he provided for them. And they had copies of the scriptures available to them. They could go to the temple, they could go to the synagogue, and they could hear it read, and they could be taught the scriptures. And most of them were. That's God's grace. In grace, God provided scriptures for them in which he revealed to humanity his plan and purpose for mankind. He told them that he would provide a champion who would crush the head of the serpent and defeat him. He gave that promise in response and in answer to the sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. He reiterated that promise to Abraham and called Abraham out of an idol-worshipping nation and called him to himself and set aside a special people, the children of Abraham, through whom he would bless all of the nations of the earth, it says. He confirmed that promise that he gave initially to Abraham. He confirmed it to millions of his offspring at Mount Sinai. He sent them prophets who prophesied and told of this Messiah who would come and described this Messiah right down to his lineage the family line that would give rise and birth to this Messiah the place of his birth the timing of his birth describing the character and nature of this Messiah so that they could identify him including the fact that this Messiah would suffer and die on the cross on behalf of others, not for himself, but on behalf of sinners like you and like me. He would die on behalf of them so that they might be reconciled back to God. And he gave them the scriptures In grace, God provided all of this explanation and truth. In addition to that, he provided a champion, a Messiah, a Savior. We see very clearly described for us here the grace of God the Father. Then we also see the grace of God the Son. Jesus didn't have to join himself with these two as they walked. He could have let them just continue on to Emmaus in their gloom and despair without ever appearing to them and providing for them the answer to their hopelessness. But in grace, Jesus joined with them. Not only did he join with them, but he corrected them. Oh, we don't like to think of correction as a gift, do we? We struggle and chafe under correction. But oftentimes God sends it in grace. It's a gift to improve us and to correct us. And then he explained the truth concerning himself. Grace. He didn't have to do that. Unmerited favor. They didn't deserve it. But he in grace went and 
taught them from the scriptures. In grace, Jesus had come. He left the glories of heaven and came and assumed human form, a human body. And he lived for 30 years ministering to men and women like you and me. And then he suffered the indignities and awfulness of crucifixion on the cross to become a curse for people like you and like me. That through faith in him as a substitute, we would know God. God's grace. God the Father. Then God the Son. And then we see God the Holy Spirit the third person of the triune God displaying his grace because notice the transformation that occurred in the lives of those two as they walked when they began they began in gloom and discouragement and hopelessness after they arrived at the city of Emmaus we see a transformation in their lives for they said did not our hearts burn within us well, that describes a, a, a light burning. Now, they didn't have lights as we have in our ceilings. They had torches and flaming fire, and that provided light for them. And so as they described what had transpired in their lives and that walk, as Jesus taught them from the Scriptures, it came to them like a burning light, understanding, knowledge, and fervor fervor to the point that we can't just sit here we must return back to Jerusalem and join with the others and tell them the good news we have seen him yes he is alive and they told him told their friends as they rejoined them what had happened to them on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus that happened because of the grace of the Holy Spirit for it is the Holy Spirit who teaches us God's word. It is the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes to see and to understand the fullness of the truth about Jesus, not just the parts that we like. God's grace displayed throughout all of those events, going way back to the Garden of Eden, culminating in the death and resurrection of Christ and then Jesus reminding and teaching these two as they walked that total truth God's grace God's grace has God's grace come to you like that? has God in his grace by His Holy Spirit, opened your eyes to see the truth? The truth concerning yourself? Your hopelessness without Christ? Has He opened your eyes to see the truth about Christ and what He has done on behalf of people like you and like me? Has the Spirit of God brought into you into your life's experience as he did to these two as they walked a change a new heart a new mind 
a new ability to believe and trust the truth personified in Christ what can we conclude from this narrative and this account and the things that we've just examined because of God's gracious provision for sinners like you and like me in the person of Jesus Christ we must therefore turn from our doubt our gloom our despair and hopelessness to faith and trust upon Jesus Christ God's provision for people like you and me has the spirit of God worked that in your life perhaps today as you have listened to these thoughts in this message the spirit of God has brought to you a newness of heart and life and has transformed you as he transformed those two on the road while they walked Jesus calls to you to repent and turn turn from self-reliance turn from your self-understanding turn from your self-righteousness turn from your sin of unbelief as he chastised those two and trust Christ in the fullness of his expression and provision including his death and resurrection on behalf of people like you and like me and trust what he did there as done for you personally individually perhaps you can look back to a time in your life when that did happen prior to the day younger in life under other circumstances but the spirit of God came to you and opened your eyes to see the truth and he brought to you and gave to you a a new heart new life so that you came to faith and trust upon Jesus Christ as these two did the conclusion of it all we see in the change of their life it changed them from gloom from discouragement from sadness from hopelessness to great joy exuberance fervor they hurried back to the city to join with others and to share with them what had happened in their lives that Jesus had brought to bear as they walked we can enjoy that same kind of transformation in our lives I pray that the Spirit of God will move in your life as he moved in the lives of these two as they walked that he will give to you a new heart that he will enable you to believe and trust and understand all of the truth 
concerning Christ. And that you will come to trust the provision of God and His grace for you. And if you have trusted Him in the past, then join in the exuberance and the joy of His grace for you. I pray that the Spirit of God will do that for you today. Let's close with a word of prayer.